Hi, everybody. This is licensed New York State mental health counselor Kevin O'Donohue. And I'm Nasima Diane Deemer, licensed massage therapist and trauma specialist. And this is The Positive Mind. Bringing you some ideas, concepts, guests to help you lead a more positively-minded life. How's independence for positively-minded life? Can you be happy and be dependent? Maybe. Are your chances better for happiness if you're independent? That's Possibly. a question. Yeah. There's a thought for today. Because it's, you know, Independence Week here in America and here in New York City and around the country. And we thought we'd talk about independence because, you know, what is it like to be dependent psychologically? I mean, we know kids, high schoolers, they're dying to become adults, right? They're just tired of... But do they know what's ahead of them? Do they know the cost of independence? You know? They don't want to be dependent. They know somehow they're taking their orders from the adults. And they don't want that anymore. But do they know what it's like to be independent? No, they don't. But boy, do they have something waiting for them. Right? Some people don't want to, even adults, be independent. It's... It's easier to be dependent on for some people, but you miss out on a lot. Well, and I kind of feel like kids have an idealized idea of what it means to be independent. There's such idealization in it. It means Did you have I can that? go to bed anytime I want. I can wake up anytime I want. I can eat anything I want. Mm. I can see whoever I want. Um, so independence has a... An interesting fantasy yes, around as a, it. Yes, as if those are the most important things about being independent. Right. How about, having, how about having your own thoughts? Mm. How about feeling good? Right? I mean, they think, oh, if I stay up late, you know, that, that's being independent. Wow. Or I can stay out late. Or, you know, when they find out that's not really what being independent means. Independent means you get to make your own decisions. And you get to handle the consequences of your own decisions. It's a great thing to strive for. So that's going to be our show today. We're going to talk about independence and how to achieve it. And it's not an easy thing, you know, especially when you think about, take, a, take some of the adults you know and look at them and say, what are they dependent on? Like you can see some people, wow, you can see how they're influenced by their parents, let's say, or their ethnicity or where they come from, um, their work, that their thinking, their thoughts and their feelings are affected by all of these things. There's a kind of dependence there, right? How do they become independent? And how about you? How much of you is independent of influence by your parents, your upbringing. Things maybe that you didn't even get to choose, that were just foisted upon you, you went along with, and now you're an adult and you're like, how did I get in this trap? And then you start looking at the, the influences, right? I mean, it could be like a sin to to act, you know, contrary to your heritage if you're and if you stop acting like an irish american or an italian american 
or German American or Native American. Imagine if you you stand up and say, "I'm I'm not interested in doing these things anymore. Whatever my heritage told me was normal and good to do. Who am I if I if I do that?" That's hitting on a much deeper layer, I think, of independence that a lot of people don't move into. Some do. Some do when they're really, you know, wanting to move away from a certain heritage that they're ashamed about or hasn't, you know, really benefited them. Mm -hmm. It takes a lot of deep courage because it's sort of saying, you know, yeah, I was born into this group, but am I of this group? Really? Yeah. Do I want it? Do I want Everything this group says is important is for me. You know, so I'm going to say we're going to talk today about some tools. Because it's not easy to know if you're independent or how to get independent. I mean, uh, to me, the first thing you need is time. You need time to... Stop the presses, stop the influences, stop the voices, stop everybody's interference and find out, well, wait a second. How do I feel about belonging to this club? How do I feel about parroting my parents' philosophy, my parents' attitude? How do I feel about loyalty to the club? I think we're seeing the results of people having some time all the movements that are coming out and getting support right now. I think that's because people have had some time and there've been flashpoints that have started things off, but you mean because of the virus? Yeah. The virus, uh, because of the virus, we've been able to have time to sort of see ourselves a little more. And then the George Floyd thing happens and we're we're now looking at a deeper layer of ourselves. Mm -hmm. Um, so, and our culture and our society and what were we born into and what are we, accepting and what do we not want to accept anymore do you feel good about having permission to do nothing that's our question that's a good question do you feel good about it have you gotten to settle into this like wow this is the new normal i don't have to rush somewhere in the morning i don't have to be in traffic i don't have to get on the subway i don't have to go wow i I mean i can maybe do nothing longer than i would normally do nothing and Boy, oh boy, what things come up with me not doing anything, with me doing nothing. I think there's a real opportunity in there to notice, you know, what have I been doing? And is it what I want to be doing? And is it a reflection of me? And the, the way I've been, is this the way I want to continue to be? Yes. And how I've interacted with people. Is this the way I want to continue to interact with people? And what can I do to make those changes? You know, there's also another layer of this that that we want to move into, and this word freedom is also tossed around at this time. And there's been so many um, reactions and responses to, you know, the fact that our personal freedom was highly, you know, restricted and hijacked. (laughs) You know, I mean, we really, you know, it was a very big choice um, that we all had to make for our for our country and other people to restrict ourselves in a huge way and restrict our own personal physical freedom. 
And that's another aspect that I think we want to sort of work into this because independence and freedom seem to work together on some level, but they're also very different concepts. Very different. Very different. If you want to sell a product, just say it's free. (laughs) <laughs> but that's not freedom. That's not right. <laughs> that's a different. But the word, but it is, but the quality word, of free. What does yeah. the word free? Yeah. Do you yeah. know they've studied this? Like, right. you know, if you give something free in addition to like nineteen ninety nine, mm-hmm. a discount, you yeah. know, there's a chance people will buy it. So the word freedom clearly has a lot of power behind it, as opposed to maybe independence, which feels a little heavier as a word. Yeah. Doesn't it? It does. Um, well, it's got all kinds of responsibility laden in it, independence on some level. Yeah. So we're, we're asking people today to declare your independence. Decla- what if you could just declare it? I'm, that's it. Starting today, I'm going to be independent. I'm going to talk to my spouse, talk to my siblings, talk to my boss, talk to... Whoever is, into, and I'm telling them, I'm, I'm going to be independent from now on. Kevin, are you saying I'm going to go to my husband and say I want to break up with you? Um, my boss and say I want to leave my job. My kids say I'm, you know, I'm out of here, kids. No. I'm independent. Right. No. No, because, you know, I'm not saying you don't get to be independent as well. I'm just saying... I don't like how I'm showing up here. I don't like how I'm showing up in our relationship. I don't like how I'm showing up at work. I don't like how I'm showing up with my obligations and responsibility. I don't like it. I want to show up in a way that I like myself so that I'm independent, but I'm here. I'm being responsible. I'm doing my responsibilities and obligations and commitments, but... There's a kind of dependence that I'm feeling. There's a kind of uh, I'm losing of myself in all of this. I'm not liking who I am as I'm doing all of this. So maybe saying to them I'm declaring my independence is is maybe not the right way to do it. But that's the, the idea. What I'm saying is tell them I don't like how I'm showing up here and I want to show up with more of me, my true self, than what I feel I am bringing here. So it sounds also like I'm I'm recognizing how I've been codependent and not really been myself in my relationship, in my dealings with my siblings, in my work. There's a part of me they haven't been seeing. They don't know really who I am. Or I just want to be more me. Yes. And I want to take the time to know who that is. I've lost myself somewhat. I don't like the word codependent in this context because codependent means that I'm, I'm, my emotions are somehow connected to you and a reactive. No, what, what I think is more to the point is that I'm losing myself and it's, I'm not blaming anybody. I'm not blaming you, the boss, the partner, the, my parents. I'm not blaming them. I'm just trying to get free of that. And I've lost myself there. So it's on me. It's on me. So what I'm saying is, let's declare. You can declare. You can say to yourself, well, I'm noticing how I'm not being me in all these places. I am declaring that I'm going to show up with me. 
and and thus I am separate from you. I'm independent of you. I have a boundary. I'm and, me. And and that's how I want to be when I when I'm with you, when I'm with anybody. And, and so I'm, that's a declaration of independence. Right, and it's like I'm choosing to be here. This is my choice. I want to be in this room, but yes. I want to be fully, right. you know, able to be myself here and yeah. show up as fully as possible. What not it it's a beauty to witness somebody who's willing to do that? Because most of us, we do get lost. We do lose parts of ourselves in our commitments and responsibilities. Um, we do lose contact with ourselves. Isn't it a beautiful thing to see somebody who just has made their declaration, not hostile, not hostile, just they are who they are and they they feel themselves. So I'm going to say, as we bring up these four tools that we're going to talk about today, this first one is do nothing and see what happens. See how you're going to feel. And like you say, we've been doing a lot because of the COVID pandemic of nothing a lot of people know what this is feeling like what's it doing to you is it what are the positives we know the downsides there might be plenty of downsides for you um but what are the positives what are you noticing there's a lot of time to not do your usual dance kevin i can imagine it would be really a terrifying step on some level to declare your independence. And to do nothing is terrifying as well. Yes, it, it really is terrifying. I mean, just right. think about it. I mean, I think what we've gone through, people have gone through with the pandemic is terrifying and has been terrifying. And they have been terrified. And mostly because they've experienced doing nothing. Nothing for the first time. Imagine choosing to do nothing. And that was where these ideas first came from. These these ideas about these tools that we're talking about are tools that we have been around for a while. But they're relevant now because so many people are having this opportunity of doing nothing without choosing to do it. And, and so they're getting a little bit of a taste of the terror that we're talking about that's behind this of doing nothing. I mean, just imagine... A year ago, if I said to you, you know what, just spend a day sitting in your living room, not going anywhere, not doing anything, and seeing if you can just stay in your living room and do nothing. I mean, what would that do to you? I mean, I mean, you would... you'd. You'd get an opportunity to witness yourself. You'd get an opportunity to see all the things and all the ways that I distract myself. All the things that I fill my time with. And a job is a necessary thing that we fill. But are you lost in that job? Are you independent hanging on and being in that job? So that's that's what the pandemic is doing, this idea that's been around for a while and, and, and trying to find yourself and trying to find your way of declaring independence by doing nothing. Now people are confronting it in a large scale. I remember before all of the pandemic and before Internet and all of that, the, the biggest fear I had was if my TV would die. 
(laughs) And, you know, because that that was the thing that would, you know, keep me from doing nothing. Like if there's, you know, if I were sitting in that living room that you were talking about, and I didn't have access to the TV because that's the great distractor, right? Correct. And a distractor from myself in so yes. many ways. And it's like, wow. You know, and it happened once. And it was like, I was like, I'm not going to get this repaired immediately. I'm going to live for a week or so mm. without my TV. And what did it do for you? And it was amazing. It's such a it's such a freeing feeling Yes. to sort of not have that extra voice of the TV. You know, it was a little lonely. Yeah. But mm-hmm. it was like, you know what? I can read or I can, you know, write or do something else. Yes. And that, you know, experience. And, and when you really think of it, I mean, like TV and media are occupying so much of our lives. Yes, and, and keeping us from doing nothing. Like in this time of COVID, people have been more socially active and more connected via, you know, all these screens yes. than ever. And so I wonder if they're really have allowed the time to to do nothing well so so there's a thing some people are declaring their independence of social media Mm. right because they they realize how how much they've gotten lost in it and um, a lot of people have that experience coming back from a vacation of not watching a television for a month or three weeks and like and thinking of seeing that box is like an alien thing oh maybe i shouldn't turn that on maybe i should Push it, put it off another week <laughs> or two or forever. Yeah. Imagine because you get a whole bunch of different feelings when that thing isn't on, let's say. So doing nothing can be terrifying. Yeah. And that's what we want you to do. We want you to scare yourself. We, we do. We want you to get in touch with this. You won't be the first person. That's. I think a lot of people feel like, wow, I've never felt this way. I, I don't feel comfortable. I really don't like this. I don't want to do this. And if you're assured, look, this is good for you. Other people have gone through this. This is something that's going to clear things away from you, for you to really feel. Who is the person that wants to declare their independence? I am I'm feeling a little desire to throw our listeners a, a little bone here in the midst of their day of doing nothing. You might allow yourself to tune into and feel, well, what's the part of me that hasn't changed throughout my life? Like, is there a me, a sense of self, a sense of who I am? Like, we all know ourselves on some very intimate level. And there's a part of me that's been the same since day one. How do I feel that part of me that's always been there somehow. And no matter what's happened in my life, it hasn't been touched. It hasn't been changed. It hasn't been hurt or abused or neglected. There's, there's that part of me. And are you assuming that if we find that, that, that we can use that as our guide? Yes. For independence and declaring our independence? Absolutely. Because okay. I think once you start to have a sense of that, yeah. you'll feel more secure in who you are and yourself and start to listen to your own inner voice. This is the still small voice. Okay. Yeah. So doing nothing sort of clears the noise away. So maybe you can hear that still small voice that has always been there in your life. What if that still small voice is like a little criminal? 
<laughs> what if what if you asking like who was this part of me that hasn't changed that has always been here um is 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 like a dysfunctional well i, I aspect f- of yourself i have a feeling that still might not be it yeah. like go a little okay. deeper cuz i really trust and believe that that we come here as as pure beautiful beings that are in alignment you know it's like does that the, when you discover that space, you'll feel like an inner alignment, an inner like tuning okay. to yourself, okay. and it will feel good. It will be a quality of goodness. And I think yeah. if the criminal comes up, it's like, oh well, you know, maybe that was a response to how people treated me or how I felt in my life. Mm. But that that's not really me. How about There's you and your original you goodness? Yeah, my original goodness. Can you find that? Yeah, can when, you feel that? Yeah, I like that. That's not part of the tools, but let's add it. Well, okay, so that's tool number five. Yeah, um, it's, it's, a, it's a way. You, 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 in the midst of doing nothing, you, you turn your mind back to finding you, mm-hmm. um, the, the timeless you. Right, and, and, a, and a way to do that is to say, you know, when did I, when are the times in my life when I felt like myself? Like, and they might be yeah. times of like flow. Right. We've talked about flow sometimes right. when you felt like, oh, this is a real true expression of me. Like maybe it was when I was doing art or when I was out hugging a tree or when yes. I was a little kid or, you know, when did I, you know, just, just even asking that question, like, when did I last feel like myself and just see what comes to mind. I wonder if the memory gives out, like, you know, sometimes you can only get to like 14, That's 16. Okay doesn't have to and be I'm a lot. imagining the, the the being you're talking about is maybe five six seven at least that's where I go to yeah okay so that's a that's an aspect of this and maybe uh, to take the terror away or diminish lower the terror by saying well what's the original goodness creature that I was yeah, it gives before, a little direction before I lost mm-hmm. my independence right Um. But again, you're in that child condition, so you're never you're not really fully independent. So maybe you can use the energy of that young younger you in the present. And I do believe that that's available. And when people discover that, their lives can get very interesting and very animated and very energized. So uh, I think that's a useful exercise. Right, and it might feel like a certain kind of freedom. Like it was a time when you felt free, even though you may have been dependent on your family or whatever. There, there might be these little moments of freedom. It could have been when you went to school, you felt free. It could have been, mm. you know, the walking to school where you felt this kind of freedom in yourself. Okay. One of the things that helps people is, and now stay with me on this. What are your worst traits? At this point in your life, right now, what are your worst traits? What would you say? What's, what's you know, uh, my worst, one of my worst traits is uh, I, I need to have many things going on at once. Many things going on at once. Um, uh, so that would be one. That's a, that's a trait. Uh, I have a, a, a distractibility. That I can be easily distracted. Um, what else? Uh, I'm, diso- uh, I'm not disorganized. Um, 
I'm impatient. I am impatient. Um, I don't plan for the future. <laughs> right. I don't plan for the future. Yeah. And let's one more. Five, five of your worst characteristics. Um, I, 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 I get angry. I can get angry. Okay. So those are five. Uh, okay. I need to do many things at once. I'm distractible. Uh, impatient. I'm impatient. I, I can get angry. And I don't think of the future. And of those traits, which of your parents would agree that these are terrible traits and you should fix them? Uh, let's see. Let's see. Uh, don't think of the future of <laughs> my father. Yeah, your father would be very uh, upset with that. Many projects and what's my father. Distractable, my father. Uh, what were the other? Angry, yeah. my father. Impatient. A- and impa- Oh, my father. Five out of five. My father. Let me think of one my mother would disapprove of. Um, well, that's not true. I was going to say uncaring because I am caring. Mm-hmm. Uh, so mom would approve of that. Uh, I, let's, let's just go on with this with dad. So five out of five, what, what does that mean? So these five traits uh, that I, are my worst and my father would agree they're my worst, what am I supposed to do with those? That's the person, the parent, whose love and approval you're living for. Huh. Probably true. And <laughs> probably it's true. interesting to me that these would all be things that they would want to fix in you. Yes, and since they're not around to fix it, I have to fix it. And these are, interestingly, these are things that I am actually working on. That they're things I'm aware of and I feel them as flaws and they nag at me. They're nagging. And I didn't think of it as trying to please my father, get my father's approval. I didn't think of it that way. I thought of it as these are just nagging me and I need to take care of them. But actually it's probably, yes... Um, to get my father's off my back, as it were. Get my father off my back. Um, what's wrong with being impatient? What's wrong with not thinking about the future? What's wrong with being distractible? What's wrong with doing many things at once? What's wrong with those things? Nothing's wrong with those things. So you get caught up in thinking that there's something wrong with you I because forget, yes. my father didn't love me and... These were the ways that I, the excuses I gave up, I came up with as right. to why my dad wouldn't love me because I'm irritable or, yes. or, you know, it's like, oh, so that's why he doesn't love me. So I've got to fix that in order for him to love me. Correct. So we get lost. There it is, right? We're losing our independence. We've lost our independence. We're now dependent on these thoughts of, of how to get dad's approval. Um, instead of accepting them and what? They can actually be good, good things. Mm-hmm. There's a good thing about not thinking always about the future. It means I'm in the present, and that's a good thing. So there it is. You've lost your independence because you bought it. You believe these wor- worst characteristics uh, are being disapproved of by your parent, 
and you have to fix them. So here's what we recommend. We change it from worse to idiosyncrasies, hmm. right? So there's no judgment. Right? Be curious. Now if I turn it into, wow, that's something interesting, why don't you think about the future? Why don't you plan for the future? What is it about you? It sounds that like makes you not plan for the future. What's good about that? It's your kind of a, you like to live a spontaneous sort of life. Yes. Uh, a, a creative life, one that isn't maybe held to a certain goal. And if you were able to get curious this way, it sounds like you'd be, you'd be able to stop beating yourself up. That nagging voice in that my head would go voice, away. The critic, you know, it's like so many people right. listen to the critic rather than their gut, their mm -hmm. internal mm -hmm. sense of their self, that still small voice. Right. I'm spontaneous. You know, yes. let's just see what life brings. Live for today. Right. So we're the positive mind, and we're telling you that's a trap, that the negative is a trap, that it tracks back to daddy or mommy or the critic. The critic is the mediator between mommy and daddy. It becomes this alien figure in ourselves that we don't think is mommy and daddy but it is <laughs> um so we're still trying to get their approval and so there's a dependence and we're, we're telling you take the judgment off it let's make this list make as big a list as you can let's do 15 of these traits and let's use this as a way to give people time to Write down some of these negative traits as we go into our break. We will be back. We are the positive mind. I'm Kevin O'Donoghue, licensed mental health counselor, here with Nasima Diane Deemer, and we will be back after this musical break. Welcome back to The Positive Mind. This is Nasima Diane Deemer, and I'm here with Kevin O'Donoghue. And we're talking about, you know, we left you with listing your negative traits, as long as list as you can come up with. Make and it long. Make it long. And it really could be like, like, what is it that inner critic says to you? Like all the time. Yeah. All those phrases, all those words. And I find when I do this, when I you know, have other people do this, it, it's really helpful to get it out there so you can actually see it because you're so familiar with you that mean get critical it on a page? voice. Get it on a page, get it on a sticky yes. note, get, put it outside of you a little bit because yes. the voice really is coming from outside of you. Those voices yes. aren't your, it's not your voice. That's not the still small voice we're looking for. So in a way right. it helps to sort of clear the decks. It's a kind of question to seem like whose finger is pointing at you mm. in your mind that makes you feel yeah like you're not enough like you you're behind the eight ball like you are behind like you're yeah. not independent like mm. you're there you're sort of you're sort of dependent right it's Who, how whose it's, finger is that it's how we sort of hold on to that person too by holding yes, on to the critiques is. yes and and so you might just by each one mark like who you think that's from mother father right 
caretaker. Yes. Where did you get that? Maybe it came from school. Maybe it became came from siblings. You never know. But, it could be. Yeah. But just identify. It, mm-hmm. I think it helps to identify. And then see what's there. Yeah, so I'll go through each one of them, right? Mm-hmm. So let's take We're taking the judgment off of each one and celebrating all the good that each one of them holds. There's a little gold in them. Mm-hmm. But you were saying to me during the break that, Kevin, this one about you needing always to be distracted or always to be occupied or have many things going on at once. Right. And yes, my father, who is very single-focused, very committed man, uh, knew what he had to do and did it, um, would look at this as like a very inefficient way to be living, for one thing. So why are you doing, son of mine? Um <laughs> Hmm. And you were looking, and I was like, well, for me, it's like uh, my creativity. I, I, I like, if I don't keep things in motion, then I get sort of jammed up and I feel uncreative and unenergized. And then I don't know who I am. And then I'm in that place of doing nothing. And then I get frightened and terrified. And then I feel like I'll never come out of it and I'll just stay on the couch all day and I'll do that for months and months. And that's what's behind or could be what's behind this need to always be doing multiple projects at once. So, Kevin, this could have been a way to avoid boredom and avoiding boredom. Like there's a lot of there can be a lot of richness in boredom. Mm. And if you're busy with you know it's like the minute boredom comes you move to something else is an opportunity there to feel into a little bit more creativity a little more trust in yourself that's that sense of your gut it's so interesting no so there's a follow-up question here and i who would you not who didn't let you be bored and immediately my mother came to mind when you said if i let myself be bored my mother showed up and boy did she push you around is it she, idle, she, idle hands of the devil's uh, yes, playground, yes. right? <laughs> There's a more, yes, but there was a more sinister message, and I don't really, I don't know. What, she's like, it was basically like, no son of mine is going to be bored. You better get on your move. You need to get out of this house and get out of my hair. <laughs> right. I mean, that's a more subtle message. Sorry, Mom. I know you didn't mean it, but... Uh, I think there is something to that. So maybe there's another layer. This is very good. I'm glad you're you're on with me today because there's another layer beyond the celebration of the good aspect to these qualities that there might be some core gem that might track back to the other parent or might track back to something else, an insight that could really liberate you. We're here for liberation. That You talked about freedom, and I think... Freedom and independence are different. So let's talk. This is about freedom, I think, when we go down the rabbit hole here. Well, and just to circle back, I think the ability to do multiple projects at once is like what people are doing now. It's multitasking. It's a quality that, you know, we need to be able to hold, you know, multiple streams of thought. Our economics is not like it was with your father. You could have one job your whole life. That's not how it is yes, anymore. Yes. This ability is has its gold within it. And again, it's how you're thinking about it, how you're viewing it, and what part of yourself is in it. So here's the third tool we're talking about to write out as many as you can 
so that you can come back to it and meditate and think about just one at a time, fully uh, submerge yourself in the quality, the feeling of each of these traits and see how it can be turned into a positive. And then maybe um, what the other tag to it might be that might lead to an even deeper feeling. So this is the way towards independence and and energy. You know, as we're talking, it strikes me this is a way to get energy. So another step in this process is to also ask, what am I doing on a daily basis that is not me? Right. To root out the activities that you're doing every day that are not you. Are you someone who drinks five cups of coffee a day? Is that... If that's you, that's you. That's great. I'm, let's take the judgment out of this. What are some things that you're doing every day that are not you? Let me see. I mean, I used to drink a lot of coffee. Mm-hmm. And it really upset my stomach. It really upset my body. I was in a high-pressure environment. I think I realized... Like, well, first of all, I have to stop the coffee because it's not, it's just not good for me. And when I was drinking coffee, I had to eat all kinds of carbs so that my stomach would feel good. How can I sort of drop that and do the work that I'm doing? And I actually ended up leaving the work I was doing. Wow. It was like that whole career, it was in television production, was like, this is not me. This really isn't me. Like, like I'm faking it here. And I have to push myself so hard in order to show up here and be in the speed and the pace of that environment. And I'm not a fast-paced, fast-processing kind of person. I just am not. Yes. And I was, you know, faking it and doing the coffee in order to be there and do that. Mm. My whole life changed when I made that decision to not do that anymore. It's interesting, you know, when I was a teacher, I was caught myself being a disciplinarian. (laughs) And I caught myself doing it. And I was like, I really don't like myself when I'm this way. Right. And I thought, I am not a punitive disciplinarian. And yet there I was. I was doing the very thing that my father would have done and, Mm. and my brothers might have done. And there I was doing it. And I was like, I cannot do this job if this is what I'm going to have to do or going to have to be. And so, so I left teaching. Not directly for that reason and that reason alone, but you get to a point where you're doing things that you don't like yourself. And and we're saying that it's not easy to find yourself, to know who who you are and what you like about yourself. But it is easier to know what you don't like about yourself. So we're... We're encouraging you to make this list of things that I am not. What am I doing that I am really not? Am I, if you're a mother, are you not someone who cleans up after your children? Like there's towels on the bathroom floor and you just go ahead and take care of that. My mother wasn't like that. My mother was a mother who was like, I do not clean or pick up after you. That's not who I am. You, let me show you. I don't want to have to deal with this again. Mm-hmm. You are the one who cleans up after you. 
So these are the kinds of things we're saying. Find the things that you're doing every day that aren't really you, that you have a boundary or say a stop. One way to know this is like, how do you feel when you're doing it? I had stomach issues at that yeah. time. I had okay. anxiety issues at that time. Right. Um, I think a lot of people I see, they come to me with stomach issues. And very often the stomach and the body or like a lot of tension in the body is telling you you're not in the right place. You're not where you should be. Like something is off here. You're you're maybe doing something that is not you. Right. Or you just have this sinking feeling in you or just some confusion. That's, yeah. Or uh, how about an icky feeling? An <laughs> icky feeling. It just might be an icky. I'm sure it was an icky yeah. feeling for you to, to become a disciplinarian. It's yes. Like, ew. Yeah. Ew. There, right. There was something. These right. are not my clothes. Like, what mm, am I doing in mm. this? You know? And and just to to identify those times and places and things that you're doing that just don't feel like you. Right. Before they become, like, a, it becomes a critical time. Like, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> you don't want to find yourself at the end of your rope and realizing, wait a second, this is what, I'm, this is what I've ended up doing. You want to do it when you're in midstream, like, you're getting, you're getting hints along the way. This doesn't feel right. Yeah. I don't feel good when I'm in this position. I don't feel good doing this right and you might discover like what's the mask you've been wearing what's the what's the what are the clothes you've been putting on that just aren't that just don't fit you yeah it strikes me that it's a boundary Nasima. that when you identify these things that are not you you're you're getting a boundary you're starting to develop a boundary and i think you cannot be independent without being a boundaried person you have to have firm boundaries and and boundaries really do rely on you being able to see yourself and these are ways to see yourself yeah like you need to become visible to yourself so that you can become visible to others and that's what the boundary allows is for you to be visible to others and this declaration of independence you know personal independence that you're encouraging people to make is like i'm me so I, th- I think just to recap four that we've done so far is do nothing. Your worst traits. Your, list worst, your worst traits. traits. What am I not doing? And But also or that. What, what am I doing? What am I doing? That's not me. That's and, not me. And the fourth one that you mentioned, as you're doing nothing, who was my original self? My original, me and my original goodness. Uh, to ask yourself as you're going into that terror of doing nothing of who what is something that has been with me all of my life that's been good or what's the trait or like when was the last time i felt like myself yeah you could put it that way there's that way to say yeah but okay So. so the fifth one the last one these tools of getting to know yourself and becoming fully independent is to own all of your emotions to not blame your emotions on somebody else these are emotions in you right you're getting the energy of the emotion that's happening to you somebody you know people are so used to saying you make me so angry you you did xyz and that's why i'm the way i am so you become a person who is a certain way because somebody else makes you feel that way 
So it doesn't sound like independence. When you take ownership, no, I feel angry when you do this. There's two separate things there. There's me with this feeling and there's you or it or something that is causing it. So there's a separation. When you say you make me angry, it's like I take in the part of you that makes me angry and now you're inside of me. And this is a real codependent. This is where codependence is a little bit in here because, again, it's like that emotional ground that gets very confusing. Um, when you are in a dependent relationship or a codependent relationship, like I am kind of at the mercy of your feelings and what you're doing. And it's, it's, you know, my emotions are at the mercy of your actions. Right. And this is a really difficult state to live in. And you really do lose yourself in the other, in this kind of state or this kind of relationship or relating. And if if we grew up in if you grew up in a difficult you know household where there was you know some sort of ism going on and alcoholism or you know something that mm. was took up so much space that you really you know had a tendency probably to merge with that parent and then your tendency is to merge with others you, lo- you there's no there's no you there any yes. anymore yes you're just gone in other people's you know, perceptions or actions or feelings and to, to sit back and start to discover who you are and yes, find that boundary is how you start to break that cycle. And that's the tragedy of dysfunctional families and being one of them and growing up and being in a role that you didn't choose. You, you learn this habit. The only way to stay out of trouble was to merge with the parent that was um, dysfunctional and alcoholic or whatever they might have been, the rageaholic. Take care uh, of them, be their caregiver, and be the yeah, adult. Yeah, so you've learned this and that felt safe and good. And now you're an adult doing the same thing and it doesn't feel good. And now what am I supposed to do? This is what I needed to do to survive. I don't maybe need it anymore. Let me focus on what am I doing that I am not? What am I doing every day that I am not? What are the worst traits and how can I look at them in a different way, in a curious way? Um, What emotions am I having, me, now, in the present, not in the past when I was dependent on my parents and this dysfunctional family? What emotions am I having now? And let me track where they go to. Become curious about your emotions. So you mentioned that one of your traits is that you get angry easily yes so you're suggesting like you might take full responsibility for that flashpoint anger i celebrate that because you know it's it's an evolution for me um the model in my home was never to be angry my father to be angry was to be unintelligent um and my father never ever showed anger he was always in control um so I wasn't I wasn't going to be angry. <laughs> I'm not going to challenge that. <laughs> uh, he was much bigger than I was, so I'm not going to get angry. And I learned not to get angry. In all my years of teaching, right, right, I was not angry. I, I, I mean, I was disciplinarian. I guess there is an anger behind that, but I didn't show anger um, in traditional ways. 
And so now I feel anger and it's like, wow, this is, this is massive. This is energy. This is like, I can use this and this is right. This makes sense. I should be angry. And what can I do with this? I'm going to use this. I'm not going to self-destruct and I'm not going to go to sleep. I'm not going to turn it inward and become depressed. I'm, I'm, I'm going to acknowledge this is real. This because anger is a way of having standards. If you look at it, when you get angry, it's like something's happening that you don't think should be happening. And so I have a standard about how people should behave towards each other. I have a standard about what should happen in politics. I have a standard about what happens in government and institutions. Yes. And I have a standard about how people interact with me. And that's often, you know, anger is often a sign of a boundary transgression. So again, you're, you're sort of standing up for yourself in anger and it's an important emotion. I think, um, we often talk about in the trauma world about bringing on healthy aggression as opposed to anger, you know, as, as a word, because it has a lot of, you know, connotations, anger. Um, but this quality of healthy aggression, which says, no, you can't treat me like that. It's not okay what you just said. That lets you be seen and lets you bring in the the defense that very often we weren't allowed to have. We weren't allowed to defend ourselves. So, you know, your father and sort of controlling anger in the situation, probably wise for a large family. You don't want a bunch of angry kids running around hurting each other, but yes. not allowing a certain quality of self to appear. And a, and a knowing of self. Yes. And the, the many shadings and different colors that emotions can bring to your life. So this idea of owning your emotions, own the color of your own life. Right. Right. Do not become gray. Yeah. Allow yourself to feel mad, sad, bad, glad, scared. Right, so and fear, all you know, the colors become in there. Yeah, yeah, and because and, and, when you suppress those emotions, you you know, it takes away some of the color. So nobody likes to feel fear, and nobody likes to feel anxiety, which is a bad feeling. Nobody likes to feel it, but when you squelch it, you squelch, you know, your own range, your own color, right? Your own possibilities, and and. We talk a lot in trauma about, you know, living from a black and white sort of idea of life and living like it's either right or it's wrong. And when you when you sort of allow your emotional life and, and a certain range, a capacity to experience and take ownership for your emotions, then you kind of can have more of a rainbow technicolor world where, you know, it's like there's more than black and white in this world. And I think we're discovering that yes. <laughs> in many different ways right now. But but that there is this whole range of experience that can happen between the right and the wrong so, of life. So we only have a few minutes to see, what do we want to say during this pandemic and during this Independence Week mm-hmm. or holiday uh, to close out our show um, that... Look, you know, um, doing nothing has been a habit for most of us in some way for the last few months. Uh, Everybody is like, how do I turn this negative into a positive? I think everybody's kind of trying to figure out how can 
I make this as productive a time as possible now. Uh, if you've asked yourself, if you've gone through the do-nothing stage, um, what did you learn from it? Did you learn something from it? Um, did you get down to like something in yourself that gave you permission to really feel maybe something new for yourself? I'm curious if maybe you feel differently in your body. Did stomach issues go away? Did some tension that you always held or some pain that you always had, did it get better? Did it alleviate? And that might Mm -hmm. be something to be curious about. It's like, wow, when I think about going back to the work I was doing or the way I was living, does this suddenly come back? Like suddenly my stomach starts turning and churning again? Yes. Or... Or not, you know, it might be an interesting way to to feel into it. And I think our intention with this show is to really help people, you know, entertain the idea that something can be different. And, and this world is changing a lot right now. We're in a big shift point here. And I think everybody feels that. And let's sort of, you know, ride this wave together and see you know where we land you know what shore do we land on when this all you know when when it this passes or starts to settle or is moving through and like take this opportunity to to discover yourself and where do you stand on everything that's being revealed these days what am i doing on a daily basis that is not me what are my five ten worst traits and how can i turn them into a curiosity what are my emotions and how do i take ownership for each and every one of them um what am i doing on a daily basis that is not me and i want to stop and the last is when did i achieve and get in touch with my original self this part of me that hasn't changed at all and is a positive thing you've been listening to the positive mind i am kevin o'donoghue licensed new york state mental health counselor i'm nasima diane deemer you can reach us at info at tffpp.org or info at the positive mind center.com and we'd love to hear from our listeners and have a happy holiday happy independence week and a happy independent life We'll see you next week on The Positive Mind. Bye-bye for now.